reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for whom he still burns. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. She's all alone. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we've got a mailbag. It's a crucial part of this season, Justin. The Giants are one in three. Couple days after the game, how are how are you feeling? Yeah, hey Bobby Skinner. Um, you know, don't feel great about this football team, but the mailbags are the most important uh, pods of the week where we actually get a chance to take a deep breath, analyze this team. You, everybody knows the drill. You know the drill if you listen to the mailbag pod. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say with what I have to say, and I'm excited to you know now that you finally got a chance to watch the film at least a little bit. Got the old twenty two a little late. But I'm excited to hear what you have to say about what the hell is going wrong with this team and specifically what's going wrong with this offense. Yeah, it's it's really frustrating where this team is at this point. Like you could have told me they were one in three, but to be one in three and having the issues that they're having right now. They're the worst offense in football. Yeah. Yeah. They you are ranked predict, 30 seconds in scoring. <laughs> they're ranked 30 second in scoring. And it's and it's a lot of, I mean, a lot of it falls on the quarterback and then the rest of it falls on the offensive line. Like there's, there's seriously screwed up issues with this. And I don't think it's, oh, got to figure out the play calling. Like I, I, I watched this game and the play calling wasn't bad. Um, but there's some moments, obviously, there's always going to be moments when you have three points. But, um, Justin, before we get into all of it, cause we got to have some big time conversations, we got some big time people who are supporting us. We got Christian Gallo, Joey Gallo, oh. Joey Gallo's dead. JK, he's not kidding. He's just JK. Kareem, Michelle, or Michael, 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 Michamel, Kareem. That's actually uh, Kareem, uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar's uh, half cousin. Ryan Sakura, he was up in a sycamore tree. Easy, because it's always easy around here. Anthony J. DeFranco, that's my boy, DeFranco. De, we got the Spanko. Nick, just regular old Nick. And uh, Justin, who are these people? These wonderful people went to patreon.com slash talking giants and for $2 a month plus a month of tears, you get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers in the mail. Bobby Skinner gets to know your address. That means he's going to come over to your house. How do you feel about that? Uh, patreon.com slash talk giants. There's some shirt raffles too. Thanks to our patrons. We love you so, so much. All right. Take it away, Steve. Mail time. Mail time. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. First question is coming from Getroman at XSR398. What can be done with the existing talent and what are clearly seeming to be 
the lack of ability. This 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 question. This how can I read this question correctly? This is the DJ question, basically. This is a Daniel Jones question. So, what could be done with the existing talent and what are clearly seeming to be the lack of ability issues for Jones to correct the things defenses are jumping on? Always going at DJ on play action, jumping short routes, etc. Is the offense just doomed because Daniel Jones has been figured out? So this we're turning this into a what's wrong with Daniel Jones, what's wrong with the offense question, Justin. And the main issues with this offense is Daniel Jones has not stepped up to the plate, plus lack of protection, and which lack of protection limits play calling on what they can do. But when they do do things, Daniel Jones is not stepping up to the plate, and it's now consistent. Through there's there's one half of football where he has taken the opportunities that are there. Now again, the lack of protection does not give you consistent opportunities to be that team pushing the ball, and not even just pushing the ball downfield, but pushing defenses, testing defenses, and allowing you to you know work some of the quick game stuff that Daniel Jones uh, has done so well in the past. Um, you know, and that's why we talked all offseason why Evan Neal growing is such a huge part of this offense and then you lose Andrew Thomas the interior is all banged up and I mean it's just it's just a mess protection wise and it stops you from running things that you would like to run um, and it's affecting the run game more than we talk about because there's 11 sacks in a game but this is where to me it's the most frustrating Daniel Jones is just not taking what is there he is not taking what is there and he is not playing with any anticipation so defenses are like playing to them they're not respecting the giants to like tr try anything down the field they're not respecting anything that might be a halfway difficult throw for daniel jones or need some anticipation from daniel jones they're not respecting on it and then they're jumping on everything that the giants did so well last year right where it is a little bit hey daniel jones has been figured out he's also bailing from pockets that don't need to be bailed from and not sitting in there and, and pulling the trigger on plays uh that and that's happened now consistently through four weeks He's not processing the field. There's like teams are throwing disguised coverages and then driving off of them, right? Like you had the pick six. We, you know, we broke that down how bad that is. There was almost another interception in this game on Tyreek, uh, Tariq Woolen, an RPO out for Wandell Robinson. And you're reading the outside corner and they pre snap look like that corner's like in, like, you know, outside. He's on the outside wide receiver. Usually in the Seahawks defense, he's going to play the deep, the vertical, right? But Woolen is staring at Daniel Jones with his hips turns, just sitting, squatting, ready to jump on that out route, and DJ still throws it, and he drops an like he dropped an interception. There should have been a third interception in that game. There's simple stuff like the Giants running their version of stick with the running back uh, going out in the wheel, where they kind of do a good disguise, and then Julian Love is just from deep is screaming down to cut that off. You know, the nickel blitz away from uh, the stick concept where DJ gets a free rusher on him. That's totally Daniel Jones' fault. And he should have thrown the ball at that point anyways. Even if there wasn't a free rusher, DJ shouldn't have uh, should have thrown that ball uh, to either Waller or Brita. So they've only completed two deep passes in the season, and they were both in, to Jalen High in the second half versus Arizona. This offensive line, and this pass game, right? If you go watch the first, basically up into the pick six, the offensive line was not wrecking this passing game. DJ missed, and there's other stuff, right? And I, I hope to get a film review. I'm traveling a lot this week. Maybe Mike put it out on Saturday or sometime. Put it out late, regardless. There is so many missed opportunities, right? Where it's just, 
you have some weapons. Take advantage of them. You know, the whole missing Wandale on the sideline. There was just... I know I'm going for a long time, but there are so many missed opportunities. And this is kind of like, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that he is playing this bad. I don't care about the offensive line. What I've seen Daniel Jones play behind worse, not worse, but bad offensive lines and play better than this with worse play calling and worse weapons. Like, I am shocked at the performances Daniel Jones is putting up right now because it's the, it's, it's the worst stretch of his career since the beginning of 2020 and even then it might be better than that because at least 2020 was a little gunslinger trying to figure out jason garrett's offense so let me ask you this we saw the first couple weeks of last year where the giants were running a lot of deep concepts and the first couple weeks of last year we said daniel jones is missing guys deep he's not seeing the field well he doesn't seem comfortable he doesn't look comfortable And then they changed the offense. They became much more of a run-first team, and they really decreased the average depth of target. And then Daniel Jones got comfortable, and you know the line from I think it was I think Shane might have said or Dable might have said it of a line that's sticking out to me now is Daniel Jones ran the offense in the exact way that we asked him to run it. He did the the exact things that we asked him to do. So let me just pose this question to you first. I mean, I have some stats and and, and, and some, some of my thoughts myself. Do you think kind of how the Giants offense in terms of aggression, trying to push the ball down the field, now we can actually utilize some of those skill position players, but the last few weeks of last year, we didn't have those skill position players. But do you think the way that the Giants are running the offense for the first four weeks of this year kind of mirrors a little bit to what the coaching staff was trying to accomplish the first four weeks of last year. And we said the same thing about Jones, that he's not seeing the field well, not processing, blah, blah, blah. A little bit. But again, they're not putting a ton on his plate, right? Like a lot of it is the quick game. But whenever it's there, he is not taking that opportunity. And that's now been consistent. There was plays versus Dallas. You know, the the first half of Cardinals, there were plays there. And again, they are not – this isn't like that – those first three games of last year where they were putting on, they were trying to do it a lot, right? They kind of had a little bit like, hey, we're going to try and create explosives and then they change. Yeah. But here's some a couple differences from this year and last year. From one, they're still running, like DJ has the lowest average depth of target in the NFL, essentially. <laughs> um, or or yeah. at least he did for this past game. So they're still running some of the quick game, but teams are pre-snap giving you kind of the looks of having that and then just driving off of it. Just, just jumping on all over it, and they're just kind of sitting at the sticks on third down, and Saquon not being there and having the rushing attack that they would like to have, and the offensive line not being great run blocking is screwing them. And play action. I don't know if this is a league wide thing or just a Daniel. I think Jones it might thing. be a league wide thing. Brian Bald, you quote tweeted a Brian Baldinger video of another team. Do you remember the two teams? It was the Steelers and who? Uh, maybe the Texans. I Texans, think. Steelers, and the Texans played each other this week. Where I'm starting to think, you know, because play action. When teams do it right, it's it, it goes right, and they could get some big plays. I mean, think back to the second half of the Cardinals game. The only big plays the Giants have had this year is off of play action under center, and the Cardinals were not doing the same things that every other team that we've played so far this year is doing, where they're not they're not respecting the running back. It's like, all right, well, we're going to allow the 10 other guys on the football field, football field if you're going to run the ball, we're going to allow 10 other guys to make the tackle and make the play. This backside edge defender... Just scream after the quarterback because if th- this is a free sack and it's a free negative play for the defense, teams are just starting to accept that that may be a league-wide thing because we are seeing it a little bit around the NFL. And if there's one thing I have an issue with coaching, it is that, right? 
Um, yeah. You know, it happened versus the 49ers with the Bosa sack. It happened before the strip sack in this game, but DJ broke the tackle, and he broke the tackle on this one, but then got the strip sack on him. Yeah. And I do want to talk about that play individually because Orlovsky did a breakdown on it, and I did a breakdown on it. Can I give some some of my thoughts to, yeah. on this? I'll just tell you what, this this kind of just sucks about this Giants season overall, Bobby, and we've done this to ourselves over and over again as Giants fans, but I, I'm not apologizing for it the, the, like this year. I'm not apologizing for getting excited. I'm not apologizing for thinking that this team, sh- that this offense specifically should 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 have been better than last year. I'm not apologizing for it, but it should have been. It still should be. You know, we 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 always go to the all right, worst case scenario, right? What's like the one big worry that we had about Daniel Jones heading into this year? Well, and we'll, can he can yeah, he we take have a, that we have a con sorry, go ahead. Can he take that jump? And can he pull the trigger on some of those big explosive plays and the opportunities that are there for whole shots? Can he pull the trigger? And can he take that next step as a quarterback on getting more explosive and making those decisions? You know, we, that, that was like our big worry about Daniel Jones, right? And it's not happening. It's like so bad. It's so bad. Andrew Thomas going down. It's like, well, that's like the worry. This offensive line just can't lose Andrew Thomas. What do they do? They lose Andrew Thomas week one. Evan Neal can't be a disaster. Well, Evan Neal's a, like every single thing that is worst case scenario of like the, the Giants cannot have this happen. I feel like every single thing the Giants have had that happen to them. And that that's why this absolutely sucks. Can I do you have any thoughts on that? Because I, I, I want to give some stats on just like how this offense like isn't working. Yeah, and I revisited i didn't listen to it but i kind of thought like okay went back through my notes of the dj contract pre-contract and post-contract episodes that we did because we went into a lot of detail and the thing we said is like my worry my really my only reservation on this is dj an inherently conservative quarterback that when they put more on his plate yeah he's not going to step up to it man and he has that's what we're seeing he has utterly failed at that yeah and here's like i i I just want to contextualize this giant's offense right now Paris Campbell, Matt Breida, and Saquon Barkley have combined for 35% of the Giants' receptions this year. Breida leads this group in yards per reception at 5.1. Now, Wandale, I don't think, is the problem. but Wandale's been Wan- a bright spot. Wandale's been a bright spot, but add Wandale to the mix. Nine catches. So if you combine Paris Campbell, Wandale Robinson, Matt Breida, Saquon Barkley, that's 44% of your com- offensive completion so far this year going to two running backs and two slot-wide receivers. And by the way... This is according to our, our, our buddy Waltz, WBG84. Paris Campbell's the first player to have been targeted at least 20 times through the first four games and have no receiving first downs since targets have been tracked in 1992. And it even gets worse. Paris Campbell has 14 receptions with an average of 4.4 yards per reception. He's just one of two wide receivers since 1933 to catch at least 14 passes and average 4.4 yards per catch or worse through the first four games. And, and you know, why I bring this isn't, yeah, Paris Campbell's been bad, but. This also just brings up that Daniel Jones is just too reliant on slot wide receivers. I just need to get the ball out of my hands. I'm not going to be looking downfield. I'm not going to be looking to create explosives. You know, and also, Bobby, like, what, you know, has this offense been figured out? Like, what, what, what's the plan going forward with this offense? Here's my main question to you. I know this is the Daniel Jones conversation. Is it as simple as get the ball to Darren Waller more? Where, where is Waller? Where is Slayton? Like, that's my big thing. They have to find a way to get the ball to the best players on this offense. And I think Daniel Jones gets better if that happens. So there, uh, let's talk about solutions, right? And I, yes. I don't think it's necessarily this offense has been figured out, but it's more Daniel Jones has been figured out. Okay, sure. 
Um, so some solutions. Do you remember, remember me talking about this in 2020? What is a play that I think should, if you are a team that's having these issues, that you should run four or five times a game? And you're, especially you're big, when you have the, these type of players on uh, as receivers. You're a big four verts guy. Four verts. It sounds so simple, but it's true. It, 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 it guarantees you one-on-one matchups. And guess what? You can always check it down if they cover it very well. Because they can be in quarters coverage. Now you have four one-on-ones. You have four one-on-ones. And now you have Darius Slayton, Jalen Hyatt, Darren Waller, and Paris Campbell. Right? Or run 989, which is, uh, you know, two verticals. And then someone uh, attacking the deep safety. Which they, uh, the two Slayton targets versus the Cardinals were, was that play concept. You have to have some pre just, hey, we're, and throw it to Darren Waller down the field. Throw yeah. it to him up the seam in one-on-one coverage. Throw the ball to Slayton if he stacks a receiver. Throw a back shoulder to Slayton if they're playing way off. Or all these you know, guys can't be doubled every single play. Yeah, and you can turn like four. There's different versions. Of, like you can four a version of four verts is where if they are really sitting and playing off on the outside, you just turn those into curl routes, right? And the Giants have run that, and they've run that to success. Even back with Jason Garrett, they ran that a little bit. Um, now I still think there's times where you still run the vert just to get them to respected and, and get those one-on-ones and it helps the the curl routes and all that stuff but yeah dj there were so many missed opportunities there's bailed pockets but there so there is some ways that the offensive coaching staff can adapt and change and i think they will but to me i i watching this seahawks film you can talk about like you know the play action stuff right i think that falls on coaching a little more we can have the conversation of dj needing to check out of that which i think we should but that's that's always a thing i have a hard time talking about because they have Lemieux wrap around on that block. And so my my question is, did they think that was enough to block the backside blocker? Because if they did, that's bad. But I'm not going to blame Daniel Jones for them t- coaching him to do that. Right. But overall, like the, get, the Cowboys game, they tried to get attacked deep too often. And it just didn't work because that passed. Right. But since then, they haven't done that. And I, I think it's Daniel. It's To me, it's Daniel Jones. Now, it's on this coaching staff to adapt to what they have. But that's, uh to me... People are like mad at Dable and Kafka. I, I'm not mad no. at those two do- dudes at all. At no. all. There's obviously going to be some issues, right? You can't score this amount of points and have no issues. No. But the idea that they've like, oh, what happened to these guys? Nothing. They put more Nothing. on their $40 million a year quarterback's yes, plate. Yes, and, that, and, and that's and what I begged them to do. up to it. Begged them to do that this offseason, Bobby, because this this offense just, you know, we use the word explosive over and over. This, this, this offense needed to add another element to what they do and to how they win and they didn't. And that's why they're losing this year because they have not added any other elements of what they did of what they did last year. What can you do different this year to give another variable for a defense to worry about? And even though they added the Jimmy's and Joe's, it's just not happening from an execution standpoint. So I I was like, Dable Kafka, like you paid the guy. Let's freaking go. Let's put it on its plate. They put it on his plate, and he's not. And Jones just isn't stepping up to the plate, and that sucks. And it's that not sucks. like again these last three games. It's not like they're like, oh, let's just freaking attack deep, and who cares how bad our offensive line is? They've been selective, and there's been stuff there. And DJ's passing it up. He's yeah. bailing on clean pockets. He's not processing any type of safety rotation. He's not seeing, um, and he's playing extremely. He's playing soft, which yeah. is very a very frustrating place to be with all 
that has happened coming off yeah. of last year in this offseason. And, you know, we have a question about training camp later where I'm like, it's not even like an analysis. I'm just kind of, I'm dumbfounded that this is, it's this bad, right? Yeah. If there was some issues, okay. But to be this bad, man, like it is, it is very, it is, it, it falls on the quarterback's head. All right, Bobby, we're, we're running a little long here. Do you want to actually get just an ad out of the way? And sure. then we'll, we got to talk more about Daniel Jones. Well, ask, so, Nico, ask a question. That's Nico Ryzen. Can you read an ad or don't? I don't care. We suck. Oh, boy, Nico Ryzen. Don't get like that. Don't get like that. Because guess what? Even though we suck, even though we suck, and Justin is doing a terrible job, didn't even pull up the app. How rude. Nico Ryzen, even though we suck, it's okay. Because you can get all parts of your life handled and settled down and taken care of. Because this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Oh, boy. I'll tell you what, I got a bad brain. Like, you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. It's better. This is like the first line of like my autobiography. Therapy helps you find out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed. Like they made this. Like, how can we make this super convenient, super flexible and suited to your schedule? BetterHelp asks those questions, and then it's like, oh, yeah, we're just going to do it, and it's true. Because all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend. That's such a good line. With BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com slash Giants today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Giants. Bobby Skinner, you will be glad you did. Want to move to the next question? Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. Next question. In dire need of a QB1, Jacob Mendez 2. Can you explain the parameters of the Daniel Jones contract and how feasible it would be to part ways if they draft the QB this year? Holy shit, we're having this conversation. (laughs) I know. Um, (laughs) So here's the thing. And I know this is it's not gonna sound that crazy because I'm gonna fucking ex- I'm gonna explain this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna break it down for your grandmother. I know the contract the is the thing that people are going to talk about the most, right? The quarterback is the face of the franchise. Big contract, big money, blah blah blah. Daniel Jones' contract, even if it gets worse from here this season, to me is the least of my worries. It is the least of my worries. And in fact, it's better that if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out quick and you figure it out. So you don't push money. Like if if Daniel Jones had a good season, Justin, they probably push some more money into year three of this contract. That's right? what I said in his PPP. I was like, I, I hope we end the year with Daniel Jones being like, oh, yeah, let's bring down that 47 million cap hit, uh, this uh, next year. And let's why not push it in more years if Daniel Jones had a good year? Yep. And that was, you know, that was that was always like when we said it's a two year deal. It's like, well, it's more like a three year deal. Well, if it's like if it's this, and we said unless the first year is a disaster. Well, so far the first year is a disaster, and they yeah, may try and keep this way. a two year deal. So, I just want to explain the contract. And Jeff, if you want, if you could screenshot Spot Rack and put on the screen for people on this. So next year they can't cut him next year, right? Uh, he has a $47 million uh, cap hit with $69 million in dead cap. They would lose $22 million in cap space to cut him. Um, which, even if they drafted a QB, I wouldn't want to cut Daniel Jones. I'd like to have uh, DJ there as a bridge or whatever or a, a capable backup. And then, in the year after, 
they could cut him and they would save nineteen million dollars uh, in cap space. Now it'd be twenty two million dollars in dead cap, which is a big hit. But that's but that's, li- that's livable. But yeah, but you save nineteen million dollars in cap space, and then the last year's eleven of dead cap, 50, like it'd be forty seven million of. Uh, if they cut him after year three um so it is you know it could be more like a three we thought this would be more like a three-year deal than a uh, a two-year deal but right now it's looking like a d a two-year deal i'm also it's a it's a two-year deal with a lot of dead money if if you need to move on after year two right and so the giants have 43 million dollars in cap space right now they'll probably cut uh gawinski save a little bit there and you have five i think free agents that like could gain some money out in the open market but i don't know if all these guys like saquon mckinney leo adore and ben bredesen which i think ben bredesen actually with a later question should be honestly maybe priority one to resign out of that group and i'll explain why even though he's not he's going to get the least amount of money out of all those guys by a wide margin um so the giants like they might have the contracts are backloaded right so they're they're, it's not Daniel Jones contract isn't stopping them from doing anything in next offseason unless they want to be reckless next offseason so I hope they never reckless in free agency like that anyways um so I, I just don't think this contract stops you from doing anything right like when we said DJ won this contract by changing the cap percentage of his tier of quarterback but where he lost it is that it is structured like a two-year deal to start so we'll, we can talk about having a quarterback and drafting a QB and stuff and what does it stop you from doing and, you know, would it have been better to not pay him and bought him out, blah, 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 in a second, Justin. But to me, this I have worries about this regime and stuff and drafting and player analysis and the offensive line. The contract to me is the least of my worries. And I, and I want to just say this too. I'm also not a fan of people or analysts inside that you know like giants analysts or outside who are flip-flopping on this and saying oh my gosh how did they give this dude this contract who at the time were saying it's an easy decision to uh sign him and talking about qb contracts and stuff i just want to put that out there i'm not a fan of uh a lot of people changing acting like they never uh agreed with this contract but like i said the giants set this contract up where they can have their cake and eat it too it doesn't change the fact that it sucks that you feel like you take 10 steps forward just to take about eight back if Daniel Jones, if this doesn't work. Doesn't change that fact. And a $47 million cap hit is, I mean, that's that's 18.1% of the cap next year. And which that's why, like, if, if this does not work, like, you have to, like, Leonard Williams, Daniel, Daniel Jones' 2024 salary, you have to just keep it the way that it is and you have to you 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 get to have too much cake and you are forced to eat that cake even though you're fucking sick. Wait, say it again? Like you, you said you get to have your cake and eat it too. Like, what are you I saying think, with Leonard Williams though? Well, no, I'm saying it the Giants are going to have to Leonard Williams Daniel Jones and not touch the not touch the contract. Like you can't touch it. Oh, you can't, okay. You can't bring it down, you can't push money to more years cuz the Giants were smart with that. Because I, you know, I was calling for them to extend it or you know move the money around. Like, come on, let's do it. Leonard Williams is good, and I, I don't know if he'll be. It doesn't looks like he deserves to be back. And anyway, it was just, it was just a comparison that they can't touch Daniel Jones's twenty twenty four cap number. And you're you're saying that well, and I agree with you that it's okay. This isn't the worst thing in the world for the Giants. It just sucks that you feel like last year you took ten steps forward, and now if Daniel Jones doesn't work out, then you're taking eight steps back. And 2024 may be a year that's inevitably 
wasted. I don't know. I don't know. I, I We're four weeks into this year. I don't even, I'm not even fully ready to have this conversation. Well, tell me what changes if the Giants go seven and uh, 10 last year, they don't re-sign DJ. Tell me, tell me what has been changed or screwed up. Like the only thing is like you gave up a third round pick for Darren. Well, having an, having an unknown at quarterback. That's the, that's the okay, thing Okay, what would have been your quarterback this year though? Because you weren't going to be able to draft one. Oh, wait, you're you're saying if the Giants didn't extend Daniel Jones? Yeah. So like, let's oh, say no, they no, didn't. they had they had to extend it. They had to extend Daniel Jones. They had. But to. I'm saying, what if they just brought in Jacoby Brissett or something? Well, that, then that would be taking more steps back because then you're because then the playoff season doesn't mean anything. Well, that's my point. Is I don't think we've taken steps back. Like I like, yeah. It's if you'd Daniel rather Jones not have doesn't. If if Daniel Jones does not work, the the Giants have taken steps back. How? But how? What step? What steps have? What? Where have they set? By them? becoming a playoff team, and investing in this offense, you know, I, I, how? We're the it's, worst offense in football. They've taken steps back. But I'm saying in their process of getting to the Super Bowl, like in getting a quarterback and stuff like that. Yeah, they've taken. Uh, yeah, as far as like this this season, obviously. But I'm saying like decision wise, front office wise, like the the only thing you could point to is the Darren Waller trade. And you can argue like smaller deals like the Slayton and Paris Campbell, but those don't have, those don't really change much either. And I would have I would have wanted to kept Slayton really no matter what. Um, and the Paris Campbell, I think that's a, just a that's a signing on its own. I don't think it has to tie into Daniel Jones that much. Um, like, my my whole point isn't even isn't even that like what the Giants did, but, but my whole point is that now now there's a good possibility that there is a huge. There's a huge unknown at quarterback that yeah you can get at you can get out of it after year two, but having a huge unknown at quarterback, I don't care if you have good process or bad process. It's so much of a crapshoot of trying to find that right quarterback that that it, it would suck to enter into that territory as a franchise. But all right, but this is not a question about like the Giants winning and like this. It is, but I'm, what I'm saying, this is a question about giving Daniel Jones the contract or not giving the contract to me. Like, again, like they wouldn't, even if they didn't, like they would not have their quarterback of the future. No, they wouldn't. They on wouldn't. this team anyways this year, right? They wouldn't. They would right. not, you know, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't have been the draft young Stroud or Richardson. It would have um, been like, we are, we are in the market for Kevin They might have wasted a pick on fucking Hendon Hooker. Thank God they didn't do that. Yeah, I think um, they were interested in them. But I w- but let's talk about it before. So and like, oh well, still you shouldn't do it. One, I'm going to tell you a few reasons why I think it was right to sign Daniel Jones, anyways. Right? Do you think? I'm, do you think I'm arguing that they shouldn't have signed Daniel Jones? Do you think no, I'm arguing what that? I'm saying is when oh, you okay. say steps back, like you're saying, like, oh well, if they knew that if they didn't sign Daniel Jones, uh, they would be like, no, no, th- no, they, no, they've intended uh, no. their future. That they wouldn't have if they didn't. Assign no, him. no, I don't, I don't, I don't mean that. I yeah, just they've mean taken that... steps back as a team, obviously. Yes, that's that's, that's to me I'm that was like about. a first question conversation. Um, so here's the thing, and this is, and we said this on the contract: the way to get better is to get better and compete and draft well, not drafting high. Really, really, the Bengals are the only recent example of drafting high being what totally turned them around. Right, right? it's about drafting well. And I want to look at like, okay, well, tanking, you know, bottoming out. Well, no number one QB pick has won the Super Bowl for the team that drafted him since Peyton Manning. Eli's the number one, but he, but even then, the Giants traded up to go get Eli. 
right? So even then, it's like they didn't, they, you know, they had the tied for the worst record that year and there's four teams there that year. But still, even then, that's, that's, that's an outlier, right? Like here's conference championship, just games for number one pick since Peyton. Joe Burrow, too. Like the Bengals are kind of the outlier in all of this. Eli Manning, too. Uh, so those are the only two Super Bowls in it. Cam Newton won, Alex Smith won, and Mike Vick won. So I, I don't think it is. And so, and this is, again, if you listen to the contract episode, this is a little bit of repeating for you. We've talked about this. Having a quarterback on the contract does not stop you from drafting a QB in the slightest. And if you want to, now correlation doesn't need equal causation, but paying a quarterback almost means more so you're going to get a, a franchise QB. Patrick Mahomes was drafted on a team that ha- had, was paying Alex Smith and was a playoff team. Josh Allen was drafted on a team that was paying Tyrod Taylor the year before and on a playoff team. Lamar Jackson was drafted with a team that was paying Joe Flacco and was nine and seven the year before. Justin Herbert was drafted to a team that was paying Philip Rivers the year before. And then Joe Burrow, the one team that really bought him out was drafted with Andy Dalton, uh, paid the year before. So if you look at like the five young quarterbacks in the NFL that are up there, you can we'll see what happens with Lawrence, but the Jacks haven't looked great to start the season. Those are they've all had them. So that's why and that's why this contract to me is the least of my worries with this front office. It really is. Like my biggest worry is drafting. That is my biggest worry with this regime yeah. is can they draft and add talent and I, sh- I really like the 23 class. We came away from unhappy. But again, we still haven't like... There's no player from the 23 class where you're like, okay, he's it. That panned mm-hmm. out, right? We have, haven't had someone who first four games... I think the, okay, 20, I think the 2022 start. draft class not having any contributors on it. Kayvon Thibodeau had a, good, had a fine game. I think the 2022 draft class not having any major contributors from, uh, from any of those 11 picks is the, one of the main reasons why this season is a failure right now. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, yeah. I, I agree. Like that, they have that no can contributors. Be the, that could, that can be like the, like if if we're coming away from this two years from now, and we're doing a Joe Shane fired episode, it is simply because he couldn't draft well. That's why it's not yeah. because oh they did they paid Daniel Jones and they they're pro they this and they got fooled. No, it was simply because they couldn't draft well. That yeah. is, if we're doing that episode in two years, that is why. Yeah, and if they felt, all right, we're we're I will we have plenty of time to have more Daniel Jones conversations, and we're really we're really running late. So I want to go to the next question. Uh, Giants future at future underscore Giants Liam uh, because Justin Pugh, yeah, Justin Pugh signed to the Giants practice squad. Didn't talk about that because Justin Pugh has experience playing tackle. Do you think it's best for the twenty twenty three Giants O line to move Neil inside to right guard and play Pugh at right tackle? Welcome back, Justin Pugh. Yeah, we we. Every year, we're going to bring back a former high draft pick on the practice squad. So, Odell, welcome to the 2024 Giants practice squad. <laughs> yeah. uh, Pew specifically mentioned on his podcast um, playing guard, and he hasn't started at right tackle since two, he played two games there in 2019. And he played five snaps at, five snaps at left tackle in 2021 in one game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I want to – so welcome back, Justin Pew. Welcome back. Save the season. We have a podcaster for an O lineman and O line coach. Uh, this is more of a Neil question. I mean, you, if this shit gets really bad, worse and worse, to me, you have to try Neil at guard before the season's over because you really? can't go into 2024 with him the, as the plan at right tackle. So you might as well try, even though he struggles with leverage and stuff. I don't think that's going to be a great fit at guard. 
but you at least have to try it because it's it's you you cannot go into 2024 with hey our right tackles Evan Neal we drafted no no I I, I think that's done floor swing you have to get like a high floor swing tackle like really invest in swing tackle or you just move on and draft someone or whatever yeah I think I think Evan Neal is not your tackle your right tackle in 2024 I I think that's done but I still don't think the Giants they can do I I wrote can I'm now regretting that word I don't think the Giants will do anything right now with Neal. I think for 2023, he is the right tackle as long as he is healthy. But this is the last year of Evan Neal at right tackle, and I'm very, very confident in that. Yeah, which is a very frustrating place to be. It's, man, it is it is frustrating to watch him just get beat yeah. consistently. We joked about it on like uh, we had a probably like some mailback questions over the offseason about what do you think is going to be like a position of need heading into 2024? And I and I like joked about like, hey, what about right tackle? Ha 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 ha. And you're like, don't do that. And we're like, oh, well, because I was are. scared. And I didn't want to think about that at all. Well, yeah, we, well, we're thinking about it, babe. Um, We're, we're thinking about it. Uh, you want to you want to move? All right, so Justin Pugh's here. He's on the he's on the practice squad. Like, do you do you envision we haven't watched him like do do you envision him being activated and like him being used? John Michael I mean, Schmitz, yeah, what I is mean, that right injury? We have, we have four guards starting. T- yeah, I yes, I think at, at some point he will be starting games for the Giants. Would you rather have him at sucks, like, by the way. like I don't uh, McKeithen's not good. Would you rather have him at like this is crazy? I mean, he played five snaps at left tackle in 2021. Would you rather almost have him at like left tackle than like Josh Azudu? Well, Can Thomas we actually see back. you at guard? Thomas is what when? <laughs> I don't want back. Justin Pugh at left tackle. If that's the question, I, no, I don't want Justin Pugh playing left tackle. Okay, so if Andrew Thomas doesn't come, I I, I kind of want to see Azudu at guard just because it's like you're you're a guard, bro. All right. Anyway, all lines a mess. We'll we'll see Justin Pugh when we when we see him. Uh, you want to move on to the next question? Yeah. Doug Rim at Dat G Grizzy underscore. Should there be more onus on Joe Shane for settling with this O line going into the season? Letting Nick Gates walk was a major mistake in hindsight. Oh, while paying a lackluster Paris Campbell the same amount of money this year with a crowded wide receiver room. This is the real failure of last this past offseason, Justin. Yeah. Is not taking O-line depth serious at all. And even starter. Like, here's my question. What is the plan if JMS gets drafted at 56? If uh, yeah, the one pick bef- if he gets drafted by the Bears instead of Tyreek Stevenson, because you can say, oh well, they would have drafted Osiris Torrance, who went a couple picks later to the Bills, but no, they would have drafted Jalen Hyatt. The video is out there. They would have yeah. drafted Jalen Hyatt. Like, is it Ricky Schaumburg at ninety one? Is that your plan at center? Like, they had their plan of center was hoping someone fell. Um, and you can talk about Gates, right? Like, which he mentioned specifically, and I would have liked to. If you want to replace, you know, Paris Campbell's contract with Gates, I would do that in a heartbeat, obviously. But even Feliciano, Feliciano got a one-year, two-point-two million-dollar contract to just go into like the draft with no one, like oh Ben Bredesen. But Ben Bredesen is your best guard, and Mark Lewinsky stinks, and we knew that. And Azudu has shown nothing to pr- prov- uh, prove that he was ready, and he obviously wasn't. Like, and and again, they don't have a backup center, right? And I saw, um. Someone would be like, well, the backup's got to be ready. Well, he's not the backup. He's the left guard. He's their starting guard coming off a concussion, and then he had to move the center on the second drive of the game. Um, 
So you have to take O-line depth here. And I, 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 I can't remember if we like how much we were talking about this through free agency last year. But to just have no... I mean, they didn't. their only offensive line addition was JMS. And they didn't add anybody in free agency. Their only addition was J, their only addition was JMS. Like that's that's not a plan. They didn't even add like a you know usually you'll see Giants will sign a. I remember Matt Gano was like one of our JC like, Hassenauer is this year's Matt Gano, but again it's nobody. But I mean they didn't even I mean, even saying for swing tackle too because now swing tackle is such a huge problem. Um, you know Matt Parrott's not playing; he's unplayable. Uh, Tyree Phillips isn't on the team, right? So, um, no, they didn't even not. add, they didn't even add like even just a, another body at swing tackle this, this off season. Yeah. I mean, I was fine with kind of Tyree. It's to me, yeah, we, it's, we, the inter- we were, it's, it's the interior we were, depth. Yeah. We were fine with it in hindsight, but you know, now it's, now it's like a concern cause you're using, you're using the interior depth as, tackles and that's that's not that's not really fun this is where i go back to the 2022 draft not having any major contributors has been the the thing that went wrong that has hurt the team the most this is where i go back to that same talking point because evan neal being bad and josh azudu being a top 100 pick not not being a contributor sucks like that that's that's where i go back to that same talking point yeah i mean draft over zach tom we really liked out of wake forest um yeah, it's that that that'll be something that has to change this offseason. And I know they're they are of this philosophy of like you don't need to have this great offensive line, you just can't have a really bad offensive line, which they do have right now. Um like it's been kind of leaked out there through other people that they have this, like, oh the whole oh, you just can't have tomato cans. Well, guess what? One, you have tomato cans, and that philosophy has not worked. That's their um, philosophy. Three, three. Uh, you know, they extended Andrew Thomas. They didn't draft Andrew Thomas. They extended Andrew Thomas, who's man, a top five pick. They've invested draft, but they, there's been no like, there's didn't no depth, and that's why I said Ben Bredesen needs to be one of the biggest yeah. uh, priorities of the offseason of keeping because you can't even if you don't, if, even if you go and like you draft someone in the first or second round of guard and you sign whatever this year's version of Joe Tooney, you still yeah. need to resign Ben Bredesen too. If Mark Lewinsky wasn't a disaster from the start last year. You know, that's a guard that they paid a little bit of money to that we expected to just be okay and serviceable. And if Josh Azudu actually does step into, like, this top 100 role, so if the Giants did their job in evaluating O-linemen and actually bringing in good O-linemen, then we would feel awesome about Ben Bredesen as this depth and utility piece. But instead, the starters stink, so then you so then you actually see the depth, and then the depth stinks. Yeah. So it falls on, it falls on the doing, decisions that they made. So it's a combination of taking it more serious um, and also hitting on your draft picks. Yeah. Because they haven't, I mean, they, they have invested in starters, but they did not take, they didn't invest in depth. Right. So they, like, they've taken it serious in a sense, but they also haven't, like, given themselves to any, like, backup plan. Yeah. Um, if your starters are bad, ads are, uh, odds are your depth is going to be bad, too. All right, next question is coming from Mello. Why don't, at, we, why don't uh, we skip this one because we're low on time and yeah. yes, I want Bobby Johnson fired and we did the whole Thomas McGahee thing, but other than that, not making any coaching changes. Yeah, is it time to make a change of special teams coordinator, offensive line coach, wait till next offseason? Yeah, let's uh, fire I, the offensive line coach. Here's what the one note I had. Well, not the one. 
the one of the best decisions Joe Judge ever did was firing Mark Colombo. Now that like, Mark Mark Colombo like wasn't his hire. Like low key fixed though. Andrew Thomas. Yeah, like Mark Colombo actually was like being an issue for Andrew Thomas's growth. Um, the difference is that Mark Colombo wasn't Judge's guy, where Bobby Johnson is. So even if Bobby Johnson's going to be fired, it's going to be after the season. Dable, right. I don't think. And then Thomas McGahee, yes, we and we talked about it on the money. They had eight big special teams issue mistakes. All right, next question. Doug Analytics at Doug underscore Analytics. He asked this. I guarantee he asked this question because he literally tweeted out stats and stuff on this, and I'm actually going to use the stats that he did tweet out. Um, how did the Bellinger injury affect the offense, and how does the offense change going forward if the injury is long-term? Are we going to trust Ryan Jones uh, as like our blocking tight end? Bellinger was having a big role in this offense despite only having three catches, right? He played 63% week one, 41% week two, and then 60% week three. And then in this past game, he played six of the first 11 snaps before getting hurt. Tight end three, Cager, only got five snaps the rest of the game, and that was in garbage time without Waller. Um, yeah, it really screws them, right? Because Bellinger is not only their best blocking tight end, he's their only blocking tight end and yeah. only fullback on the ro- uh, roster yeah. or practice squad. And Bobby Waller, Skinner was right. Waller was an issue in some of the run uh, game stuff, right? Because he was ha- he was forced to be the inline tight end for some of the run game, and he was he was a he's a bad blocker, and we knew that, right? And now. You don't have one on the roster. So not only do you not have a good inline block, uh, blocker on the roster, but you have someone who can move around and be a move blocker and work as a fullback. And there's a lot of stuff they like to do in the run game that gets eliminated because of the ability that Bellinger gave you. So, yeah, this is a huge issue, and it, and you can't. You can't ask Ryan Jones or Tyree Jackson. like more, Even like there, there should be, if Bellinger's injury is causing him to miss games, there's, you should be scavenging somebody's practice squad or whatever for someone who can come out here and block. Like, is Lee Smith still available? Because, like, you need someone that can uh, yeah. can block. And I'll give you some personal uh, frequency numbers as the season has gone on, too. And this is Doug Analytics. He created this chart. I'm lo- literally looking at it right now. And I like the chart that Doug made because it includes formations with six-plus offensive linemen where there's some other sites that don't include that formation. So I'll start off with 11 personnel. 56%, 69%, 54% the first three weeks of the first three weeks of the season, respectively, out of 11 personnel. Daniel Bellinger goes out very early in the game against the Seahawks. 11 personnel usage jumps up to 87%. Here's 12 personnel the first three weeks of the season. 39%, 24%, 36%. Oh, and by the way. The Giants' offense on an EPA per play basis are more efficient, way more efficient, running out of 12 personnel than they are out of 11 personnel. Um, And also another fun fact, Bobby, um, the third most run formation for the Giants this year is not 13 personnel. It's not 10. It's not 21 personnel. No, it's a a six-plus offensive line. That is the third most run formation on this Giants team. Uh, They ran it 7%. Against the Cardinals, they ran it 6% of the time against the 49ers. They ran it 5% of the time versus the Seahawks. And uh, that is the Giants have run it at the fifth highest rate in the National Football League. Six-plus offensive linemen because they cannot block anybody. Yeah, it's um, it's it would be a huge loss. Like you actually have to go and up, you have, like you need to go find someone to block. 
Lee Smith is available. I looked it up, but he hasn't played since 2021. But he did play usually. Usually, I feel like you put six plus offensive linemen out in the field, Bobby. Like you know, third, third and short, and uh, uh, you know, oh, we're gonna we're gonna run the ball out of this formation, right? I feel like the Giants are putting six plus offensive linemen on the field for the purpose of throwing the ball because they need that extra lineman out there to protect, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Usually usually that's a tell. Usually that's a tell. We're going to run the ball here. Well, for the Giants, it's a tell. Well, we're going to try and throw the ball here because we need to give the quarterback freaking time. I'm looking on spot rack for available tight ends right now. This is unbelievable. Cameron Bray, Dan Dan Arnold. Can can Dan Arnold block? Hey, Arnold. That's a blocking name. Kyle Rudolph. Oh, didn't he retire? Yeah, he had a retirement speech with the Vikings. Like, do you want to come back to a fan base? Yeah, we'll give him back. We'll give him back ten. Give him ten million dollars. He'll come out of retirement. So there's just you got to add some. Also, I would like the Giants. I know it's not the Brian Dable way. Add a fullback. You see the best offenses in the NFL pay fullbacks and have good fullbacks like Alex Ingold with the Dolphins. You know Kyle Juszczyk with the Forty Niners. Patrick Ricard with the Ravens. Like, get a fullback. Like. I can't believe what the Ravens are doing with their fullback. They're not even using him as a fullback. They're like using him as like a tight end, and he's like freaking good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and he blocks like attack. Like, figure out a way to take fullback seriously, and don't pay Cam Brown. Don't bring Cam Brown back. Don't use and just hey, that's your special team player. Make him a like have a good fullback. Like, it's seriously valuable to a team. All right, next question. Cam Brown. I'm saying replace that one special teamer with that oh, oh, spot oh, 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 with oh. the fullback. Oh, got it. All right, next question is coming from Jens- Jensky at Jensky underscore. Uh, I need a break from disappointing Giants talk. Can you read an ad? Oh, boy, we need that break. Uh, the NFL season is going strong. Bobby Skinner and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Get bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer Every game day this October. Did the listeners have a worse week this week? Did you do that yet for the preview pod? I'm going to save for the preview pod because we got to have something to talk about in the preview pod uh, besides getting our ass kicked for the Dolphins. Oh, I can't wait. Get in on all the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code WORLD. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code WORLD only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling prom call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help available for prom gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on, be- on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort. Licensee, partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, 21 plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible and gambling resources. Bobby Skinner, you'll be glad you did. Hey, Shula, you better hope I never get back in there. I will kick your Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Next question is coming from DeekFreak72 at JJDeekFreak72. I know offenses have an advantage in training camp, but was the reason it looked good then it was because of our iffy defenses and the way offenses have been able to attack it, especially in a training camp setting. So basically, is this is this question asking, like, well, did our did our offense look good in training camp because of our defense? Yeah, I, I wanted to put this question out there just to, to just have this conversation with you, Justin. What happened? 
Because that's all, like, it wasn't like, oh, offenses have the advantage. Like, no, they were balling. It looked amazing. And Justin, we were talking with people who have been at camps year after year after year after year. And people who uh, are, you know, like, aren't afraid to be negative about this team and being like, what do you think? And they're like, man, it, it looks really good. Like there's, there's, this is going to be, this is going to be a good offense. We'll see what happens. Now we also had the conversation like by the end of camp, it's like, okay, defense, can you win one day? Because it was really bad. I, I I don't know. Now, again, you're, you're not deal. You're not getting sacked in training camp. So there was a couple plays that maybe would have happened, but it wasn't like overwhelming. Like it was the year before either. Why is Darren Waller not getting the fucking ball? That's my question. I started at the top asking it because that is what happened every day in training camp. And the only days that he didn't get the ball is when he was having a veteran rest day and he wasn't even practicing. Because the he's only getting day he didn't doubled get the in the quick game. Like he's getting a lot of attention from defenses in the quick game. And they're not pushing the ball down the field. And they're also not just being like, there's no like, hey, we're one-on-one, let's throw it. Besides the two back shoulders versus San Francisco. Um. He is still our, I mean, he still is our leading receiver, right? Yeah, he doesn't say much when you have the worst offense in the NFL. Right? I know, but it's like the ball. Like if their ball's going to anyone, it is going to him, and he doesn't even have the most catches, but he does have the most yards. Um, I think that's wrong. I think he does have the. He he is leading the team in catches with fifteen. Paris Campbell, oh, Campbell only has fourteen then. Um, but he, and he's leading him in yards by like I think like seventy, like eighty yards too, which again. Doesn't Darius, sound like a lot. Darius Slayton has 132. He has 153, so it's not as much. Okay, well, I guess I'm fucking wrong on everything. But he is. Le- <laughs> I wasn't wrong that he's leading the team in receiving. No, he's not. He, he is He is leading the team in receiving. It just feel, It's like, okay, well, you know, you're saying, uh, oh, he's still leading the team in yards. Uh, I want more. This yeah, guy's on, a game changer. It's on, it's on DJ. It's on DJ. This guy's a game changer, man. Yep. All right, next question. Uh, this is the gonna, last question, actually. Giant right. stats at NY Giant Stats. Should I try and sell my tickets to the Bills game? No, you should buy tickets and you should use SeatGeek. And today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. Um, they're Giant, more than stats, 70- Giant huh? stats could use swaps. Yeah, if you really wanted you to do a swap, but don't don't do a swap. Go to the game. There are more than seventy thousand events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and more. They always want to make sure that you are uh, getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for the green dots. Green means good, red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. If you See? want to do a swap, you can because they allow it. That is your right See? as a SeatGeek citizen. We've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the link in the description to download the app. You'll be glad you did. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. we got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. Are we going to this? Uh, we'll, we'll finalize this with Danny on the, on the preview pod. Are we going to Buffalo? <sighs> I don't know. I have to think about it. We got to finalize this on the preview pod. I'm just. I have to think about it. If we don't, we kind of, we should just do a live stream at the office. That's what I would like to do. <laughs> but the people 
we're like Daniel Jones. We're under a lot of pressure. You you drive. I'll I'll fly. I. I oh, that's. Um, that's not. That's definitely not happening. You're gonna fly, dude. Here's the most annoying thing because I actually was looking at upstate New York and like where Danish College is and where Syracuse is and where New like, York is huge. Upstate New York is everything's two hours away from everything. It's there's huge. nothing in there's nothing in upstate New York that's next to each other. It's like no. oh yeah, this upstate New York place is two hours away from this, but everything's far away from each other. Buffalo is Canada. Like I'm starting to like now being like you know what you guys aren't a New York team. Like no, I'm you're not. I'm finally starting to buy into that a little bit. Like this is this is ridiculous. It shouldn't People, be this pe- much of a a journey to to go watch a team in the same state. People from Canada like the bills fact i know that, it that is a fact um i know it yeah now that being said if i did want to live anywhere in new york it'd be upstate um because it's beautiful up there i love the the cat i'd stay in the catskills i got family up there um but it lake really, george lake george is nice lake uh lake curious lake adam oh uh, curious george I- all right, that's an episode. We'll be back that's an episode. Friday with a preview pod. We will. Uh, we're gonna got a lot to get to. We got the fantasy draft getting a little hot. The spread picks getting a little hot, and we're gonna figure out if we're going to Buffalo and we're staying at Danny King's dorm. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go big blue.